everyone and welcome back to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. We're going to be talking about LinkedIn today um, and as always I am joined by Toby Trice. How are things going today Toby? Yeah really good Jess. I'm, I'm actually celebrating a win last night. Um, I joined the VRRC League of Champions Porsche Carrera Cup race at Donington Park and uh, yeah, it's my first proper league esports event. I've mentioned in previous podcasts I was getting back involved in esports and had a little bit of iRacing, a little bit of practice. I've just recently got my sim, so it's really nice to actually be on, on sim racing back into esports. But I claimed a win last night amongst a grid of some insanely good drivers. So, um, yeah, I held on to it. It was a bit of a defensive drive, but yeah, a win's a win, right? Congratulations. And like, look how far you've come since those beanbag days. I know the beanbag was um, it's pretty solid, but yeah, this is proper now. I've actually got a seat and a steering wheel properly mounted and it's, um, yeah, it's pretty decent. I'm super happy. How are things going? Yeah, really good. I'm kind of just in the those last stages of launching the Side Hustle Roadmap book. So, you know, I've had a few like sleepless nights, early mornings, just getting everything uh, ready for launch this week. Yeah, very exciting. I'm a bit, actually a bit nervous. I feel like because this because this is an ebook, there's not as much run up to it to allow me to kind of prepare and get my head around the fact that I've written another book. Whereas when I, when I released Get Paid to Race, I was getting proof copies. There was, you know, like multiple editor stages and multiple kind of revisions with publishers and just all of that kind of thing. So this feels like it's happened really quick. So I am like equally super focused and all over the place somehow. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey, but I'm really, really looking forward to, you know, everyone who's pre-ordered it, you know, getting their copies very soon, which is nerve wracking, but also super exciting because there's, there's some incredible content in that book. Yeah. I can't wait to get mine, Jess. Um, I'm already looking at side hustles and I'm, you know, it's well on my agenda at the moment for, you know, future income and, and kind of different income streams. So I cannot wait to get my copy, Jess. And, um, yeah, roll on that time. And I'm sure you'll, you'll land another excellent book because, uh, Get Paid to Race was awesome. And, um, you know, it's on my shelf next to me now. I'm always referring to it. So I know this one will just be the same. Yeah. I've got a lot to live up to though. I feel like, you know, because <laughs> Get Paid to Race has been such a success, releasing kind of you know a book for racing drivers on side hustles so they can go racing um feels like yeah that there's there's a lot there that that has to kind of cover but also it has to be the same quality which is why i've worked so hard on it so yeah super excited bit nervous but yeah i think it's it's going to be a good one it's going to be well received yeah definitely um roll on when that comes out should we get on to a fun fact today jess Yes. Would you like to go first today? I will. Yeah, I think it's um, in relation to kind of writing books, Jess. Um, for those that don't know, Jess writes fiction every day and has two novels in progress. So on top of Get Paid to Race um, and obviously the, the new edition of the Side Hustle series, there's uh, two novels in the background as well, Jess, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, they're a bit neglected at the moment, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> busy so toby's fun fact uh, of this week is toby's quite the chef and loves cooking delicious food from scratch i love that fact so true yeah yeah i'm a huge foodie i can't stand like instant food and yeah i think take time and prepare stuff in the kitchen and have good quality food is a good for racers diet i agree oh yeah um but i quite enjoy it i think it's quite therapeutic enjoying some decent food and good company Oh yeah, I totally agree. Like one of my my favorite things to do with my partner is just to cook. And if we're ever like bored at the weekend, we're like, shall we make a cake? Yes, we should. Yeah. There's always like fresh bread on the go or something in my house. It's a good nice. place to visit. <laughs> nice. I should come. I can't wait till lockdown's finished. I need to come actually <laughs> yeah. pay a visit to you Absolutely. guys. We'll have to have like a a, a dinner party. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm down for that. 
Okay, so let, let's talk about LinkedIn. Like, let's let's cover, you know, how to make the most of it because I feel like it's such an underused tool for racing drivers, but it could be one of the most powerful. Now, I don't know what your your exact experiences are on, on LinkedIn, Toby, but I would say most of my sponsors and most of my um, clients outside of motorsport also also all come from LinkedIn as well. And to be fair, most of my contacts have, um, have come from LinkedIn. Um, I, I really, really love the platform. Um, I think it's perceived as a bit of a dull platform based on sort of previous launch of LinkedIn at the early days. Yeah. It was very corporated and, and a bit stale and just didn't feel, it was all very blue chip, wasn't it? Very, very kind of felt boring. And of course, you have to approach LinkedIn in a very different way than you would sort of Instagram. You've got a completely different type of audience on there with a different agenda. But yes, like LinkedIn has been so, so successful for me. I mean, you know, two of my current partners um, are met through LinkedIn. I'm discussing sponsorship proposals now with new potential partners that I've met through LinkedIn. And actually the fact that very few have come from any other social media platform. So as a business and, and for business to business kind of networking and stuff like that, it's a fantastic place to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think drivers should shy away from it in the way that they do. Um, I think it can be quite difficult to get traction there, like early on. But I think once you've built, you know, a, a solid base of connections and you know what you're doing with your content, it can, it can be really, really, really valuable in terms of doing that relationship building and, you know, finding even just from a research point of view, it's really valuable. Uh, it's really easy to find, you know, who's the decision maker within a business just by knowing how LinkedIn works, which obviously we'll cover today. Um, but, you know, I've, I've noticed over the years I've been using it my, my entire professional career. So coming up on 10 years, I'd say. And it's really, really changed from those early days of being very corporate and being quite dull. And I never really kind of got on with it in those early days, even when I thought, oh yeah, this should be the place that I can find clients back when I started my, my agency like eight, nine years ago. But it never really worked back then because it was that very high-end corporate kind of thing, which I've never really been. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy that kind of corporate ladder as, as the such. I think any kind of entrepreneurial person has a similar kind of feeling with that. I might mm. be wrong. Um, but sometimes when things are a bit boring and stale, it's, I lose interest really quickly. Um, you know, I guess that's why we both love motorsport, Jess, because it's fueled with excitement and passion and it's such a great place to be. Um, and we're excited by that. So maybe that's why we're <laughs> a little bit different. Um, but I just find LinkedIn can or, or has been very stale, but the, um, the changes on the platform as of probably the last, I think, two years probably that I've yeah. used it heavily. I've noticed a real switch of it becoming a really nice mix between what I used to like about Facebook, um, what I love about Instagram and starting to get kind of like that sort of almost tweety type kind of posts as well. Mm. Um, but I just think it's really educational. And as long as you can come to the platform and provide value, you know, we're not talking about kind of your typical Instagram like reels or, you know, the content that you'd say, Hey, I'm waiting for race weekend or, here's me wait at race weekend those kind of posts it just will yeah. not work on linkedin it's quite a serious platform still but it does have quite a nice agenda with it yeah i think it's much more visual than it used to be you know they 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 introduced video quite recently in the grand scheme of things uh compared to other platforms um and they, they have literally just launched um a stories feature as well similar to um instagram stories 
so they're clearly moving in the same direction as a lot of platforms, but they've managed to maintain this very, you know, business networking vibe. But actually a lot of the content that I see on LinkedIn is so, so clever and so much more intelligent and interesting than stuff I see on other platforms. And I'm just going to go back to your point about waiting for race season because that drives me insane. And we've talked about this before in private, Toby, in detail. So maybe now is the time to, you know, share our feelings on waiting for race season. Yeah. But I feel like that kind of content that's repetitive, that's boring, that, um, that doesn't really say anything just gets lost on LinkedIn. And that's good because it means that the stuff that's showing up in, in my feed and bearing in mind, I've got 8,000 connections now, the stuff that shows up on, on my timeline on LinkedIn is interesting. And I think the LinkedIn algorithm is so good compared to some other stuff. So if you're, if you're the person posting on LinkedIn and other people are interested enough to like and comment, then LinkedIn is going to go, this is good content and serve it up to lots of people. Whereas Facebook still kind of goes, well, people like this, but I'm still not sure. Have you paid for ads? Such so, a good comparison. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think like LinkedIn's really powerful for reaching a lot of people. And my favorite thing about LinkedIn is that if you, uh, let's say you, you post something that asks a question or um, it's maybe a bit controversial, which is something I like to do on LinkedIn, people will comment they'll they might tell you you're wrong but they also might agree with you they might get into a discussion it's usually a much much nicer a discussion than you might find on facebook or twitter but anyone that comments on that post your original post will show up in their feed to their audience so i don't, I don't know if, if you've seen this on on linkedin toby but you'll occasionally see stuff that's from outside of your uh, of your network because uh, but only because someone in your network has commented on that post yeah which gives you like such huge range to to reach uh, you know more people than who you're already connected with um and i think that's such a a powerful thing for you know for racing drivers really so linkedin right now because of the the way the kind of platforms itself is evolving and growing it's introducing stories it's like jess mentioned obviously it's got video um the platform's growing and it's a really good opportunity to organically reach people like jess said about you know liking and commenting on other posts that can show up on their their feed and that then grows into their network etc so as long as you can come to the platform and create a debate a conversation or add value to the people within your network that are then going to interact with the posts that, that are on there it's, it's a really good opportunity for you to grow on onto LinkedIn. Um, but Jess, I just want to ask you because, you know, as a racing driver coming onto the platform, is it worthwhile looking at, you know, creating a separate racing profile specifically for LinkedIn? I'm going to give my little tip on that in a second with some of my success, but what are your thoughts on it? I would say no, because it, it, it generally means that you have to like split your attention on the platform. Like, are you logged into the right thing? You know, is your profile updated in the right way? Do you then post your normal work stuff on your racing as well? Do you post your racing on your normal work thing as well? It's better just to have one unless there's like a specific reason to do with your job, maybe why you can't do that. Like maybe it's not allowed, but I, I would say no, have, have one profile just because it's easier. Plus a lot of the connections that you have in business or in whatever your job is are probably going to be good candidates for sponsorship as well. So you wouldn't want to just, you know, 
get rid of those connections you should you should use those and connect with those on a on a deeper level while talking about your racing as well yeah because i think on the on the actual platform of linkedin i think you can create like a, a page or similar to a facebook page i think for perhaps you can, your yeah. profile um and i did consider this for a little while because i did look at kind of okay should i make a kind of racing only profile but when i was actually looking at the platform and and what gets engagement i very rarely see pages appear it's more the connections that i've got that appear on my pro on my profile and my feed so i was just like i don't need to worry about that i want a name that i'm a racing driver and also you know mentioned about my professional career and it's you know i've been on the platform like properly for two years and yeah i've got no need to change that like it's been really successful you just have to think carefully about the the type of content that, that you're going to deliver to to your audience but i don't see myself like you jess i agree i don't see the point in sort of separating your racing profile at all no i mean like I, i'm maybe i'm a slightly different case here but you know i've i've built up all of these connections like eight thousand plus whatever it is you know in all of these years of doing business if if i was suddenly to decide i'm going to be a racing driver uh i don't know how i'd ever fit that in but if i was going to decide that <laughs> um and go and create a separate profile for racing that means i essentially lose all of my connections and all of the the essentially the the value that i've built up within my own network so you should always lean on your existing network, whether that's outside of social media or, you know, your network on LinkedIn, you should always lean on that for sponsorship. And I'm not saying you should directly, you know, email the head, the head of, you know, one of your suppliers at your day job, but it just kind of like talking about what you're doing again, it just means that it reaches more people. If you're, if you're connected with you know, anyone that you deal with day to day. So it just doesn't make sense to me to, to keep it separate. But I just want to touch on what you said about pages. The reason I don't think pages work so well unless, you know, it's a big company that everyone knows and everyone wants to follow is because they're lacking that human element. And I think what's really interesting about LinkedIn is, you know, you've got lots of business people talking about their businesses, but it's coming directly from them. There's very rarely a, you know, a social media person behind it it's it's all like straight from from you know the mouth of the lion so to speak is that a phrase <laughs> i don't know it is not <laughs> okay it's not. so so you're hearing it straight from these people which means you can find out more about them than than on any other platform and you can also engage with them directly and it baffles me that that drivers aren't using this or that they're shying away from this and i'd, I'd be really interested to hear from anyone who's listening why you haven't use linkedin so far or you know what have your struggles been with linkedin because i you know from my point of view it's you know i, I could get rid of every platform and just keep linkedin and still be successful yeah i i agree with that actually jess because i get more more success i don't know it's because of the platforms just allowing this organic reach or I'm, I'm just doing something right but yeah i just get more success from from linkedin i think um like like touching on that human element i think the people that are on LinkedIn are there for business reasons. You're there to grow your business network um, and potentially gain opportunity for yourself. And, and everyone on that platform predominantly is on that, on that platform for that reason. Um, but then if you can then bring in your human element and an interest and, and find relationships on there with, with people within your niche um, and of similar in interest, then before you know it, your network grows, um, you know, the numbers that you've got, Jess, they're, they're huge numbers but that's because you create really engaging content that people can relate to um, and you bring that value 
to the platform. So I think that brings us on to a nice point then about kind of what sort of things we should be posting on LinkedIn. Mm. Because a lot of drivers may not have come to the platform because they're like, oh, I'm not really sure what to put on LinkedIn because this feels very, very different than, you know, my, my fan base kind of social media, such as Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, what are your tips with regards to what you should post on, Jess? So I, I think there's a, a few different types of posts, but before I kind of get into that, I want to touch on the kind of things that drivers want to post. So typically drivers want to post, I did a racing thing. Look at me, look how great I am, which is great but it's not right for LinkedIn. It just doesn't work. People don't care. So I think that maybe that's the reason that, that a lot of drivers find it so difficult because they, they only know how to post, this is my result and here's a picture. Uh, whereas LinkedIn is, like I said before, much more about that human element. So you can still post about your racing. Uh, you just need to take a slightly different approach. Um, and I'll try and give you an example. So let's say you did a, a win and you're super happy about that but in in order to to get that when you had a lot of kind of tough moments where you had to overcome you know the stress of looking at data or you had maybe you had an argument with your race coach or or your trainer or someone like that and there was just a lot of challenges along the way to get you to to that point that's the story that you should tell that's so much more interesting and has so many more like valuable points for for other people who are outside racing which is kind of what you want with linkedin so you know if you tell this story of the challenges that you overcame to uh, to become successful or to get you know your win whether it's your you know your first one or, or one of many telling that story will have people going well done i overcame a challenge and they'll share their stories and that's how you kind of get this discussion going and you could even you know in a post like that ask people you know in your successes what are the big challenges that you've had to overcome and i think that human element and telling that story of who you are as a driver is what gets engagement over i won look at me give me praise because yeah like i said no no one really cares no and and what the kind of example you just led there jess is very relatable to people's lives in the workplace which mm -hmm. is predominantly what people are linked in offer therefore um and you've put that into an interest of motorsport which people will have um and you've kind of made this really nice bridge and link and then all of a sudden that engagement's just going to flood in isn't it um yeah certainly you know i did i did a gt academy test and i mentioned about some things on on that particular post and that got me a huge engagement and i, and I didn't actually expect it to reach the following it did um and i had lots of private messages about it and it and i just literally was overwhelmed by just okay well rather than me just going hey i've raced this car this is fun um i've actually brought some value to the platform and gone right this is what it's about and explained something and then yeah it all came good <laughs> yeah and i had a similar experience so i was on bbc radio norfolk a few weeks ago talking about the uh, lockdown and people not being able to go and do speed awareness courses so re realistically not anything that's that that interesting to anyone <laughs> But, you know, I wanted to, to showcase that I am an automotive expert and I wanted to do that on LinkedIn. So I could have gone there and said, I was on BBC Radio Norfolk, listen here. But again, no one cares. So instead of doing that, I created a, a post that, that, that turned the topic I was talking into on the radio into something that was a discussion point for LinkedIn. 
So just asking people whether they thought it was fair that, you know, some people couldn't do their spe speed awareness courses online because they didn't have technology or internet connection. And it got so much engagement because instead of just shouting about myself, which is, which is always kind of like the easy route if you're creating content and you're pushed for time, instead of doing that, I created this discussion point. And I think in terms of like the different things that you should be posting, having some kind of discussion topic is so valuable. So whether you tell a story and you ask a question or whether you present your side of an argument and then ask a question or whether you just talk about something that's happened to you that you know is a discussion point. Uh, it's such a good way to get engagement. So uh, anyone who's listening, who's stuck for things to talk about, think about what people in your industry, and I'm, I don't just mean motorsport, I mean, whatever your secondary niche is, whatever, you know, area that you work in maybe it's even to do with like your locality the type of car you drive uh type of car you race anything like that what are the discussion points that always happen to happen around that so you know what about starting a discussion on electric motorsport or the future of motorsport uh what about starting a discussion on something that's quite divisive within your industry i don't know whether you have anything you know in your train world of what you do toby that is, you know, when people come to conferences and stuff, what are people always debating and discussing? Do you have kind of something there? Yeah, I mean, you know, in the, in the train world, um, quite a topic of debate at the moment really is regards to driverless trains and the technologies around mm. simulation and, and how we can make the railway more efficient. And, you know, there's so much to, um, topic of debate there and it's, it's an incredible conversation you can have in, in that expert field. And, you know, I've had many, many conversations on LinkedIn um, more privately than I have actually on, on social posts. Um, but it's, it's grown my network, right? You know, it's introduced me to all kinds of people within, within my industry. Um, and as far as my professional career goes, that's allowed me to, to learn a lot more about my industry. Um, and, and I know I can deliver more value to the company that I work for and yeah, I'm just, just more knowledgeable. So, you know, I'm interested in that. That's, that's my professional background and sort of getting involved in conversations like that have been, have been really, really good. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, again, when you think about the fact that uh, if you post something and your network comments, that's going to be seen by so many more people. Yeah. And I don't think it, it's necessary to always relate stuff back to racing. I think like if you can, brilliant. But, you know, if so, just just going back to the, you know, this driverless trains um, element, you could relate that to driverless cars and things like robo race. Yeah. Uh, just to create a discussion point but I don't think you always need to do that because ideally what you need to do is be consistent so you're always appearing in the same people's feeds um, and if you get known for talking about something within the industry in which you work or your secondary niche when you then do do post something about racing you're just giving someone you know these new connections more insight into who you are as a full person and then they can start to get excited uh, about your racing as well so I know, you know, there's the temptation to to only post about racing because obviously that's what we all love. I'd always post about racing on LinkedIn if I could, but I have to kind of rein myself in sometimes. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's worth just kind of posting about, you know, anything within within your niches 
to get those discussions going to ask those questions because I think you'd be surprised how many people are willing to to get involved yeah and that takes us on to our next point really because once we're getting conversation and we're growing our network and more and more people kind of getting involved with with our posts um it then leads on to that kind of relationship building part of um social media and that's the really valuable part I think to LinkedIn and like I said I've, I've commented on some discussions around the railway I have also commented on discussions around my other partners and what, and what they've got in discussions with and my network's just grown you know exponentially I mean Jess yours is, is huge that's a huge number yeah. um so building relationships then Jess because building relationships on social media such as Instagram and Twitter is is a like we've said before it's a very very different place LinkedIn um it actually feels quite grown up this podcast I must say Jess at this point doesn't it <laughs> yeah it feels like I, you know I've got my kind of teacher's hat on almost um but you know you've got obviously on Instagram you've got pretty much um kind of like almost fan-based type connections predominantly you might have some businesses on there and some more trendier kind of type of of industries um so it's very much a hey how are you how's things you know very informal um I kind of take that approach to LinkedIn um but I do formalize it in in some manner um I don't use sort of slang and I kind of you know keep keep sentences and grammar correctly punctuated etc um but when it comes to relationship building Jess what's what's been your kind of success around that I think it comes down to two things one showing genuine interest and two adding value so I find that a lot of the relationship building that I do on LinkedIn starts in the comments on someone else's post or maybe on my post um, and just having a conversation there um, and then maybe taking that over to a message if you know you're clogging up uh, a comment thread um or if you want to have just a, a more in-depth conversation away from you know public eyes um or i'll periodically kind of go through uh my feed and my network and and just message anyone that that looks interesting that i'd love to know more about and it is from a genuine a genuine place of i would love to know more about this person and i find the question that actually someone sent this to me ages ago they messaged me saying, hey, thanks for connecting. What is it that you're focusing on at the moment? And I thought that was such a good opener because it's generic enough that it doesn't look like they're trying to like find out something specific about me so they can sell to me in their next message. But it also gives me a chance to talk about myself and everyone on LinkedIn loves doing that. So I now use that as like one of my openers. So what, what are you focusing on the moment or... Um, I'd love to know a bit more about what you're focusing on. What's your big focus right now? And anything like that uh, around along those lines. And um, people come back with some really interesting answers because that question kind of goes beyond what do you do in business or like, you know, how's the ind- industry right now? It could be something really personal. So they might say, actually, I'm focusing on spending time with my family because we've just been through a big business growth period. Like that's such an an interesting and personal human answer that it really tells you more about someone than if you just asked about their business. Yeah, yeah, because you know that that it shows that you're interested in them, but open, yeah. like you said, just it opens up the, the debate that they can then start talking about themselves. And you know, you've not just asked about their business; it could, like, it could be open to something in their personal life or a hobby, or you know, they may even go, "Oh, I'm actually." racing cars or I you know I enjoy this hobby or you know there's so much things that they could come out and talk back to you with that's a really nice point actually I've not used that myself um so I might actually 
Nick that I did, yes. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it and let us know how it goes. Um oh, just because I I spent a long time kind of like honing and refining my approach on LinkedIn. Um, and like all the templates and stuff that I use for a relationship building, they really work. And because I'm always thinking about how could I work with this person or, you know, how could I provide value to this person? I, there is that genuine interest, but I obviously tried to make things quick for me by, by creating templates and actually anyone who was on, uh, the relationship building webinar we did earlier this year will have seen those templates that I use. But actually, uh, alongside those, just asking that question about what someone's focusing on has just increased my reply rate, like I, probably a hundredfold. So like in some instances where I was just getting no reply because I was being maybe a bit, a bit too salesy with my relationship building, um, just that one question has changed things. And I, I, I now keep it even more simple than before. You know, I was never particularly wordy with my relationship building messages. Um, but now it's it's basically thanks for connecting what are you focusing on and it, it, i don't think it needs to be any more complex than that because the biggest thing is just getting that two-way conversation going yeah just to, just hopping on that um that salesy thing there jess i think um if you kind of approach linkedin with just the sales agenda in mind people on there see th- straight through that and are like i'm not interested like and just will cut you off straight away yeah. um and when I connect with people on LinkedIn, whether that's from a comment that then I've messaged them or a new contact that I've then messaged and, and said, Hey, um, like, like you, I've got a genuine interest in what that person's doing. The reason why I've connected with that person in the first place is because I'm interested in what they do as a business or, or something that they've, they've involved themselves with as, as a post themselves. And I've got a genuine interest. And I think when it comes for me for searching for sponsors and, and I do use LinkedIn to search for, partners on on linkedin um the first thing i want to do is a could i work with this person um b can i actually offer them value and basically how how can i understand that by just going hey i'm a racing driver do you want to sponsor me like it just has no it has no benefit to them or me um so when i actually chat with people on on linkedin i'm genuinely actually searching for like what do they do how do they do it like what challenges they've got and and just talk through some things and before you know it you can then start aligning and going, well, actually I could probably help this person out. This is genuinely like a reason that I could actually introduce this op- this op- opportunity to them. Um, or it might go to a conversation where right now this doesn't seem like the right thing to chat about this with this person. Um, let's just stay in touch and who knows in the future, their situation may change and they may come to you and go, oh, hey Tobes, like I know that you just for this connection of mine, can we talk? And I've had that conversation recently. Um, so I think when you go on LinkedIn, like, like be genuine like you're there to to be interested in other people within your niche or your business interests or your hobbies and that's a really powerful thing and and it can take you much much further than just going hey i'm a racing driver i run i won at the weekend and this is what i do i think that's quite a valid point jess what do you feel yeah no i i completely agree and i i think doing that kind of i guess fact finding when you're chatting to people is is really important but also I, I like to offer value as well so if I've created a piece of content that I think someone would be interested in I'll let them know and actually I had a guy the other day uh, tell me about a video that he'd made and because we'd had a nice conversation before that with no agenda I watched his video and normally if someone would just send me a video out of the blue I'd ignore it <laughs> but because yeah, yeah. we'd had a nice conversation I watched his video it just got to you know a bit a big kind of subscriber 
milestone or something like that. So I watched his video, you know, I said, thanks for sharing. I followed him on a couple of accounts um, and he said, thank you. And that, that is a big one. Say thank you. There are so many people who you'd be surprised who, who don't say thank you when you, you know, when you do something for them. Um, but I think, yeah, offering value, asking questions um, and just being genuinely interested in what someone is doing is, is important. And as you say, Toby, like if you find out enough about a sponsor that you think there's no that there's no um, future here, like it just wouldn't work right now, maybe it's 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 fine to just not pitch to them. <laughs> and I think, again, that's something that that people forget is that not everyone is going to be the perfect fit for you as, as a sponsor. Yeah. And sometimes you do kind of have to go, this is a great person. I've enjoyed chatting with them and I will continue to chat to them, but I'm not going to pitch them for sponsorship because it, it's not right. And I think LinkedIn is a really good way to, to open up conversations with exactly the right people to find that out early on. So you're not wasting time going around in circles just because you've emailed info at business.com um, just because you found them online somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and just a little note on that topic, actually, because I'm, I'm currently talking to a potential partner for 2021 and for the future. And um, this particular business um, connected with me on Instagram, um, sorry, on LinkedIn. And I was a bit overwhelmed that this company had got in touch with me. The CEO of this company had said, hey, Tobes. Um, and it was very casual. It's like, hey, like, um, I've been seeing what you've been up to. Um, and I didn't realise just how much I'd kind of reached into LinkedIn um but he'd seen all of my kind of like posts around the fertility stuff that I, I post about and, and sort of the things that I debate on with regards to the, the fertility community I'm on there with LinkedIn I have posted a little bit about motorsport and and I've shown obviously a keen interest on there and also with regards to my professional background and, and how I kind of operate as a, as a train driver and he had noted all these things and was just like look I think we're actually a really good fit in business I've wouldn't mind catching up and chatting because we've got the same goals and because I'm quite obvious on there with what are my goals on LinkedIn and what are what I am trying to achieve um my audience is growing to understand that that's why I'm there I'm there predominantly to raise awareness for fertility I use motorsport for that and also trying to excel my, my professional career and we've had a really good chat and conversation um that we're we're now looking at how we can work together for the future and, and do something together so like how powerful is that right i mean jess it's such a success like i'm so happy and we both literally are on exactly the same journeys and we know we can help each other out and that's the perfect sponsor right there yeah yeah that's amazing and that that there just goes to show the the power of linkedin doesn't it it really does yeah it really does it's um yeah it, it, i was just overwhelmed and i'm still like right, really excited and because i know where this business is going um and that it aligns with kind of my niche and and how I know I know I can help them because my audience will literally be perfect for these as a sponsor. Um, like it's it's the match. It's always like a match made in heaven. I don't want to sound all cheesy, <laughs> um, but no, genuinely, it's you know it's definitely a, a good thing for us to to get together. And um, yeah, let's hope that 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 works out for us both. That's great. So let, let, let's talk about how people can find sponsors on LinkedIn and also how to research using LinkedIn. Because again, I think, you know, you might get the content right, but there, there's a few more pieces to the puzzle. So I'm going to share my experience of kind of finding sponsors on LinkedIn. So uh, I think when you don't know what kind of company is going to be right for you, I think it's worth just making connections within industries that you're interested in. And then once you're having enough kind of new content coming up in your feed, 
look at the people that you really admire or maybe people that you would like to share an audience with people that you would love to work with that are maybe a bit out of reach at this stage and look at who is commenting on their posts and it's it's really easy to kind of like whittle down who's relevant to you look at you know the tagline of these people so the 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 few words underneath their name that gives you an idea of who they are because you'll be able to see if they're they're relevant to you based on industry position within a company something like that and the first step should be to you know get involved in those conversations you shouldn't just necessarily reach out and connect straight away at least reply to something that they've said on an interesting post uh, so they at least know your name uh, before you connect I would say that's probably the the way that I find uh, connections, obviously with so many people within my network. It's really, really hard to know who all 8,000 of them are. So actually for me, just looking through my feed at who's posting what is is a good start. If you don't have that big connection, then look at the people that you do follow. Maybe go and find some pages of businesses that you would really like. So like those dream businesses within your niche or within motorsport or within another industry. Maybe even just, you know, the pages of, of businesses that you just like, that you use yourself. And then go and see who is commenting on the posts on their LinkedIn page and also who works for the company, which you can also find out through the LinkedIn page. Uh, these are all great ways just to kind of find interesting people that you'd like to open up a conversation with and maybe start building a relationship to, to explore sponsorship options as well. Yeah, and, and I'd like to do that anyway, Jess. I, you know, when I've kind of found a company that I think I'd like to work for I do then obviously go onto LinkedIn and have a look at who works with them and you actually get a really nice sense of buzz of kind of um the kind of people that that company employs um the kind of culture that they've got and what their interests are and and it's it's really quite fun isn't it like the, the kind of people you can chat to um you know you haven't got to go straight into the, the director level you know some of the people you can conversate with lower down can also potentially advocate you if they're influential within their own business itself so um you know don't just target the the decision maker in in my opinion um talk to many people within the business because then you can find out what that business is up to and where they're going and you know people's interests within the company um oh, there's so much information you can find out there and it's um i love it i think it's really great yeah, I do too. And uh, I just want to give kind of one last tip before we, we jump into our driver of the week. Um, so if, if you find a business that you'd love to work with, maybe you've seen them in the local paper or, you know, it's a company that you've recently started using, you know, let's say a subscription box or a protein powder or just anything like that that you would use in your day-to-day -day life. And you think, wow, yeah, this is a cool company. I want to work with them. How do you find the decision maker? How do you do that research? LinkedIn is always my first place that I, that I start researching a company. So most companies of any decent size will have a page on LinkedIn. Um, find that page. And then um, on the, the top right hand side of, of the, the first thing that you see basically when you go to someone's page is it'll say X amount of employees work here. Click on that and it'll show you all of the employees that is how you find the decision maker or at least someone that you can start talking to to start building a relationship that is the first thing i do whenever i research a company because i can then connect with a few people while i go off and do my googling looking at news all of the stuff that we've obviously talked about before in previous podcast episodes on on researching sponsors um so i think i think linkedin is really valuable for that um as well just as a research tool because the kind of things that these people are posting and that's being posted on a page can actually tell you a lot more about the company as a business 
rather than that kind of consumer facing angle that you might see on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Really good point. So um, that's kind of how to make the most of LinkedIn in a nutshell. The, um, the webinar that I did on this um, on relationship building in general, but it focuses quite heavily on LinkedIn uh, is still available on shop.racingmental.com. So if you are wondering how you do all this, how you make those connections, how you talk to people, um, I've covered it in great detail along with also then how to pitch as part of the, the, the second part of that webinar series. So if you want the link to that, go to the show notes on blog.racingmentor.com or you can find it under webinars at shop.racingmentor.com. So shall we jump into our driver of the week? Let's do that. Yeah, this is a, this is a cool winner, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is a driver who uh, recently raced, uh, I think it, what is his first race in the British Touring Car Championship, which is, I know it's massive for him. Obviously it'd be massive for anyone, but I think he's such a hardworking driver who's done so much that this is just so deserved and it must be an absolute dream come true. So big congratulations to Bradley Philpott um, for being our driver of the week this week. Yeah, huge congratulations to Bradley Philpott. Um, yeah, like it's a mega thing to have the opportunity to be in British Touring Cars this year. But ge- genuinely, that, that drive that you've had at Brands Hatch a couple weekends ago is is thoroughly deserved um, because you're so active in racing full stop you're not there just focusing on just one championship and one thing you're doing lots of esports and um, you're helping lots of people out um jess loves the fact that you post pictures of cats which i think is quite cool super into that yeah 100 <laughs> percent. and um and also um bradley's uh, a knowledge life specialist and um for anyone that's that's never been to the knowledge life i i haven't and i'm i'm desperate to go at some point the green hell as it's known is is a brutally difficult track to race and not only is he kind of licensed to race there and, and obviously very very talented and experienced there but 2018 and 2019 VLN champion which is um that's a big big kudos thing to take home right um, absolutely and I believe um Bradley's won lots of karting championships as well in like kind of rock and karting championships and stuff I believe he's very very successful there yeah and he um has done um like I think he's done road sports as well with 750 motor club um yeah very super busy. talented Lo- loads going on so a very kind of talented and worthy driver of the week yeah congratulations brad so um that's the end of of this week's podcast as always if anyone has any questions or they they want us to cover something in a future podcast you can hit us up on social media you can find at racing mentor pretty much any, anywhere of course if you are on linkedin and you want to connect with me just search jess shanahan i'm easy to find um and then yeah any other questions email jess at racingmentor.com and if you want any of the the links to stuff that we've talked about in this episode of the podcast go to blog.racingmentor.com where you can find the show notes super so once again thanks for tuning in guys um i hope you've taken a lot from today and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode see you next week <laughs>